Um, well, dude, thanks but, yeah. for coming on. We appreciate yeah, definitely. it. Definitely. I'm I'm really excited for this one. This is gonna yeah. be sweet. Uh, yeah, likewise, man. I'm just stoked to see someone doing some scooter podcasts, and you know, always happy to talk about scooter stuff. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I uh, thought you'd have some dope stories and just like stuff to say as well. So I'm glad to kind of like have a, a long term conversation with you and just see what we get going for sure. A hundred ten percent, man. Sure. I got ideas. I'm definitely opinionated. I've been around a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely want to get into all that. Um, if you want to just start off with kind of like a quick intro, like where you're from, how long you've been riding. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, start Ryan from Church. I've been uh, riding for, I don't know, uh, 16 years now, probably. I think I started in like 2006. So uh, yeah, maybe 17 years. Uh, yeah, that's a long time. I'm an old man. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I started riding in like 2006. Uh, friend came to the skate park, had like SR forks. I was skateboarding at the time. Saw him with the SR forks. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know, like. Your scooter is yeah. like on steroids over here. He had the bulleted <laughs> foldy. It was pro model days, obviously, with like yak wheels with, you know, hot glue in the cores and everything. So yeah. he was all tricked out. And I was like, oh, that thing is sick. So he let me ride it. And, you know, from that, I got an A model, like, and it was boosting like two or three feet out on like, you know, pretty oh, yeah. fat half pipe like a week or two later. So, yeah, from that point, I was, I was pretty much hooked. I was just shredding through all of the, the old pro models and A models for quite a few years until... Finally, uh, some scooter parts actually started being made. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. What was like your first custom scooter? Uh, TSI was like the first <laughs> deck like ever, you know, uh, released. So yeah, the first TSIs actually had bolt on deck plates. So it was just yeah. the rails and you would actually have to like tighten down the tops of the decks, which was pretty tight. <laughs> yeah. Stan Smirnoff had doodled on my first one that I got. Uh, no way. And, actually prior to that like i i had my brother at one point like before they had like legit decks obviously i had box stands and things like that but uh my brother was able to like weld and do some take welding on the like the pro model so we just got like a little plate and then just you know welded it solid and that actually lasted quite a while so if you want to go back that far that was really my first like sort of custom scooter but i was always yeah. messing around with stuff before uh there was real options to choose from <laughs> well, that's yeah. dope that's super cool dude i can't even imagine like that i got so much respect for y'all welding together your own scooter parts like that's yeah. i'm out of that generation that's fucking insane yeah. the dedication Yo, kids are blessed these days they don't know how good Yo. they have it they walk in a scooter store and it's like which brand am i going to choose from like back in the day it's like uh what other you know sport has products that might fit on my scooter yeah <laughs> yeah, know? yeah it was back back in the day it was like you know only skateboard bearings and then you would hope that uh maybe they had some rollerblade wheels which is really where like yak and everything got their start so Evening. you know we just throw on some yak yeah. wheels and that was pretty much uh Seeing what the you only can find there in, in the beginning your garage or your friends and just making it work <laughs> yep pretty much frank and scoot <laughs> everywhere <laughs> hell yeah um well dude i, I kind of want to get into some of the newer shit you've been doing with like edge and i mean you say you're doing a lot of video calls coaching what's your main gig right now uh so i run edge brand agency so that's like a brand design identity strategy um so i help with like getting brands like their logo, how they put out their visual and verbal identities and, you know, help them build systems that allow them to 
like scale their brand, save time and, you know, creating things, you know, avoid, you know, general business problems. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that's sort of like where I'm focused at. So I've helped, you know, obviously a lot of scooter brands within the industry, but the past couple of years I've been trying to get, you know, out, out outside, outside of the of scooter scootering. industry, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Where there's so, some money. Money. Yeah. And also like just experiences working with like other industries and brands. Cause for me, like with the agency, um, my goal is to, you know, create assets or things that are like useful to any business. Right. So like the more industries that I'm able to, you know, get experiences from, I, I can see like where the common threads are and, you know, develop things for people that, you know, actually make a difference for them, you know, cause like, a lot of the even like a lot of the clients and people that I like work with and like talk to these days, like they think of design is like, oh, that looks pretty. That's great. You know, or I want my logo to look like this on the wall. I'm like, then we probably shouldn't work together. You know, if like, <laughs> hey, you know, because they, they think it's literally just about looking good. I'm like, that's like one small piece of the puzzle. You know, like the, there's, you know, who is your brand? You know, what is, what are your goals? How do you communicate all these things to every part of your business and organization and build a culture around that? You know, because that's how you actually have people that are working under you or for you or someone that's in a, you know, especially now that like remote work is so popular, like mm -hmm. you can send things off to people and know what to expect that you're going to get back, right? If you actually give them good direction and, you know, build systems around things that could be repeatable, and it reduces the chances of getting some bullshit back that, you know, it doesn't look anything like what you had in mind or, you know, anything like what your your brand looks like. So, you know, I help people set standards around those things uh, and then yeah. also try and, you know, provide uh, experiences and insights and things that I've ran into just working with so many different people over the years and, you know, running some of my own businesses and, you know, just, yeah, <laughs> that's Doing sort of the gist of it, I guess. We could use that. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, we may hit you up, book another session here Exactly, soon. <laughs> yeah. Behind closed doors, so we don't uh, reveal all your secrets. Uh, unless hey, I'm, man, I'm an open like, book over here, share. right? Because, like, my thing is, it takes a long time to actually, like, learn the stuff and, you know, like, figure it out. So, like, I, I'm happy to give people, like, my entire process because, like, the process isn't the hard part. It's, like, executing on it. Like, what do I do with that information, right? right? And it right. takes, like, having experienced those things and knowing when to use it, how to use it, and all of that to, uh, you know, I think make a difference, yeah. right? So I like to to share with people sort of, like, and part of, like, my onboarding process, like, when I work with, uh, you know, different businesses, like, awesome documents that I'll, like, send you guys after this. But, uh, yeah it just like gives people a rundown of like, what is branding? You know, it's not just about looking good. You have, you know, visuals, you have verbals, you have like, you know, your team, the environment, you know, uh, vision values, all of those sort of things. Like, you know, what does your brand believe in? How does, you know, all of these things interoperate and who do you give that to in your organization, help them, you know, I got you. do what it is that they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's sick. That's dope for yeah. sure. Um, well, fuck, we'll definitely have to talk a little bit more later on that, but I really want to get into like, sure. uh, early scooter days for you and just, you got so many worlds first and I feel like you've done a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> anything that comes to mind, Austin, in terms you did, of you did the first nine, right? 900? Uh, debatably. Yeah. Um, I was the first one who released a video of a 900, uh, Hunter Bechtel, uh, apparently did one like a week or so before I did, but, uh, <laughs> that's what yeah, they always his, say. I think his camera his camera got stolen or something <laughs> like that. But anyway, footage did not come out, but Casey, Col 
Yeah, Casey Corning, he did a 900 from quarter to bank. I was the first person to do it out of Air. a quarter, back into a quarter, you know, yeah. and yeah, 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 right yeah. away cleanly. So, yeah. yeah, I was pretty hyped on that. I uh, Day of, you know, just doing fives. I loved fives at the time. I was doing some combos and stuff. I'm like, man, these fives are feeling kind of slow. What happens if I speed this up a bit? <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, I gave yeah. like the first go, I got pretty close. And same thing for go number two and three. And then fourth try, literally, like I just like I wrote away and I was like, what the fuck? You know, like yeah. I was not expecting at all to, yeah. uh, you know, land that. I'm like, you know, definitely gave me a big head for a little bit. I'm like, am I like the Tony Hawk of scooters now? I'm like, this is pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what goes through a 14 year old's head. Yeah. when you know. You just don't know nothing yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're but gonna make a whole fun. video game about me. Holy shit! Yeah. My yeah. life changed. And I was like, damn, this is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely was not the case. Yeah. I was, you know, just with like a couple <laughs> homies. They're like there with the potato cam. They're like, hey, dude, that was pretty sick. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. What year oh. was that? Do you uh, remember? Probably around like the 2008 to 2010 era. Um, yeah. so good ways back. Uh, but. Yeah, that that time, uh, other worlds first, Flare Quad. That was like yeah. maybe two years after that, so maybe around like 2012 ish, 13. Um, same thing with the Flare Quint. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> people have done so many crazier things at this point. <laughs> it's it's wild seeing the level that that people are riding at these days. They're just like adding combos into like every trick that like I worked my ass off for. I'm like, wow, these kids just have so much talent. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy the bar, the, man. Yeah, and the facilities and everything have just gotten so much better over the years. You know, like back in the day, it's like, hey can we like bring a mattress to the skate park? <laughs> yeah. And then you just slide it under homie when he tries his trick. If it looks like he's going to ride away, we're going to pull it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They might miss the throw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of, it's definitely not resi. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah. I learned all my stuff that would pretty much like I went to the incline club to learn backflips one time. And uh, yeah, I was like afraid to throw it on the boxes there. Cause like, despite it looking perfect on video, you actually have to like take some time to like learn how to ride like the incline club, like when they were in their old setup, because the boxes are like not mellow at all. They're pretty steep. They're booters like send you up. So I was like, Oh God, I'm gonna like backflip back into the ramp. Cause I'm when I first learned them, I wasn't very good at like landing them. Like, yeah, actually like pushing through the lip to, you know, get some distance on it. So yeah, I would like land on the deck there at the the foam pit. So I was like, there's no way I'm doing this on the box. That's death. So I waited like a week. I went back to Newport and then someone's like, hey, if you try one of those backflips, I'll give you a piece of pizza because it was pizza night there. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> and then, yeah, one backflip. Late. I got it like first go. I was like, yeah, it's like the same thing as at the incline club, but just not as deathly scary because I knew the box jumped there. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to travel here. We're going downhill, yeah. <laughs> working to my advantage. Hell yeah. Oh man, it just took a slice. That's awesome. Took a slice, yeah. Some brownie. You've uh you've always been from like the PNW, right? I don't know if you said that in the beginning or I, maybe I missed it, but yeah. No, I actually I started out in Delaware, moved west to, you know, uh Oregon for about four or five years, and then I moved to Pennsylvania uh for about two or three, and then I've been back in Delaware now for about three years now. So Okay. Grew up in East Coast, went okay. west like soon as uh you know I got out of high school to work for uh 
at first it was GGI, which was Gravity Group. They distributed uh, Blunt, Envy, um, and Phoenix at the time. So I went to work with them as like the marketing manager right out of high school, did like a ton of behind the scenes work, you know, built the teams up, um, you know, helped them with like product catalogs, all that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, uh, they ended up breaking apart. And then I went to turn style brands once I went to, to Grit, but both happened to be in Portland. So, you know, it's just, yeah. uh, you know, get an apartment slightly across town and, you know, it's good to go again. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was remembering. Like those days of you shredding in the P and W. Dude. Yeah. There were, there were some golden, golden years out there for sure. I'd like never ridden concrete either. So it was like, I had to dive in head first, <laughs> you know, yeah. the Cooper, Cooper Clark, he, he loves the the bowls. So, you know, I had to, to learn that cause we would go out all the time to, you know, ride some deep concrete and is either, you know, I'm going to be bored on the sidelines and filming all the time, or I'm going to figure out how to ride all this stuff. So yeah, I actually learn how to session. Yeah. yeah, just hell yeah. That was, yeah, that was always the goal for me. It's just like, no matter where we are, I want to be able to have fun on this. Like, you know, I want to be able to ride ledges. Like I wasn't good at that for a long time. Like I still suck at manuals because I originally learned how to ride ski, you know, like <laughs> all, all, all types of quirkiness about my riding. Like I originally learned flares opposite. I learned bry's opposite. Like, I had to like relearn everything a number of times throughout the years. Cause I just like did whatever worked like back yeah. in the day before there was like standards, like people are like calling people out, Hey, you should probably do this that way. I was just like, I'm landing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. 100%. And I, I, yeah. Then I cleaned that up over time, but <laughs> yeah, it's funny. No, hell yeah. I could definitely see that mentality like in scootering in its infancy. It was just like, bro, if two feet are on, I don't give a shit which way I'm doing this trick. Just oh, however it sure, comes dude. around. Fuck it. Y'all don't know any like style like that wasn't even a thing. It was just like, oh dude, I'm just doing it. Whatever. Yeah. And now you got kids. Yeah. Now you got like 13 year olds doing every trick every single way you can. Every full whip, rotor whip, front side, back side, retarded. Switch, yeah, hard to keep you know. up with, man. These kids got talent, and there's so many of them these days. Like, I can't even keep up with it. So, yeah, I just keep in contact with people behind the scenes most of the time. And then, if like it's a really crazy clip, it ends up being posted on the feed. And I'm like, oh, look at that kid! Holy shit! You know, yeah, like never, yeah. never, never heard of him before, but he's really ripping. You know, like, and that happens at least like once a week for me now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's all these like Russian kids too. That's the one I just see on my homepage. Like I can't yeah, even pronounce some... your name. You haven't even hit puberty, and you're doing like board with back lip to sev. Oh yeah, <laughs> what are you all? Yeah, man. Russia, Eastern Europe, uh, definitely some hella technical riders that have like mm -hmm. just like the craziest like street flat ground. You know, just like all kinds of technical tricks. They're, yeah, they said. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, dude, you've been on like so many different companies and I feel like you've gone through like a handful of sponsors. Uh, you've, you've been through the ringer. So like, what is, you can speak from the perspective of what do you like to see from a company? Like when you're on, like if you're getting parts for them or you're sponsored, what do you want? Like, what do you um, think? Back in the day, it was just like, whatever is going to be the most travel and the biggest budget, you know, as I think most people look at these days still, but like now sort of like looking back, I think like just having a good company, like not someone that's just going to mail you the check and then that's the end of it. You know, they might send you some places, but like a team that's actually like a team, 
because those are the ones that like I think actually you know last or you know have a meaningful impact um and it isn't like anyone's getting rich so the the difference of a couple hundred bucks it's like you know I think that most sponsored riders these days are usually of you know working age or close to it so pretty easy to like pick up a couple extra hundred bucks by like having a little side gig or something like that so you know for me it's just about having like a good atmosphere um just the culture you know, having people that are yeah and having people like every team has like i think a different vibe right some teams are like if you like look at like lucky you know they've produced or had like a lot of guys that have come up through them that ended up being like huge youtube stars and things like that right like the the funk brothers you look at like uh you know, even like Cody Flom has had quite a bit of success on like YouTube and that sort of stuff, Tanner Fox, you know, so I think that like they were really focused on like helping their guys get exposure, you know, how do you like, you know, have good practices on social media, you know, they have good people on their internals and things like that. So I think that, you know, some companies go that route, other companies go that like, you know, it's just super relaxed. We're just going for you know, this is a homie team, you know, there's teams out there that are just like strictly on, you know, we're going on following and, you know, whoever's hot right now. So, you know, I think there's, you know, a team for everybody, but, you know, I'd sort of consider that aspect of it. It's like, what does this team do really well? You know, what does this company do really well? You know, and is it something that I want to be part of or think that I can add to, right? Because like, it's also like an opportunity, I think for, you know, people that have other skills or other backgrounds to look at, you know, this team might not be doing this particular thing very well, but, you know, maybe that's something you're really good at and you can help fill a gap there or, you know, something like that. But for me too, it was having relationships beyond like the riding, you know, because I've always been a rider, but I, you know, have had ambitions to do, you know, design and, you know, see what things look like behind the scenes. Um, definitely been interested in like entrepreneurship and that sort of side of things because, you know, I also wanted to improve the industry, you know, as part of like some of the early like ISA stuff when that was first kicking off, you know, part of the rider committees and, you know, helping organize events, camps, you know, being, yeah. uh, you know, like counselor at Woodward, all those sort of things, you know, over the years. So, you know, just trying to, you know, figure out what can actually like make things better, you know, how can riders eventually earn a career? You know, and I realized pretty early on that, you know, that probably wasn't going to happen while I was riding. So I was like, I need to have an off ramp here, you know, <laughs> that allows me, it'd be cool to stick around the industry, but not have to rely on it, like as a rider. So that was always sort of at the back of my mind and sort of how I chose the companies that I worked with. And I oh, also yeah. like companies that are professional, right? Like I'm, I've never been a guy that's been like, Hey, we're just going to have like a relaxed team. I've always been like, Hey. I'm, you know, sending it out here. Let's send it, you know, on the business side too. Let's try and grow something awesome. You know, let's try and make some really cool parts. Let's try and get, you know, teams on, you know, good trips, help these guys make some memories and get some experiences that'll, you know, last long after they're done riding, you know? And mm -hmm. for me, that was like, I think one of my biggest takeaways as a pro rider is just all those experiences and, you know, networking. Like even after all these years, I still have like people all over the world that I can hit up and be like, Hey, you know, in whatever country, is there and, someone around, <laughs> you know, yeah. someone will pick you up from the airport or bail you out of a situation, let you crash at their house, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, well put. Cause a lot of people don't look like at being sponsored with that kind of depth. 
they just think like, uh, I'm getting paid or like, am I going to go on trips or even if it's just give me parts, but I guess it really is like, yeah, you want a good culture on a team and you want to be able to meet people. Yeah. So. And realizing that you're not going to get rich out of it either. So like, look at yeah. all of the other <laughs> aspects, right? Like it's nice. Like when you're really young to like, you know, for me, I felt like a baller when I was in high school. I'm like, damn, I'm making like I'm everyone else is like in school. Like I would actually skip school to go on trips and my teachers and everyone were OK with it because I was like, oh, it's you know, it's work related, which totally like it it kind of fit into what I was doing because I went to school for industrial mechanics. And I was like, yeah, I'm helping them with like, you know, designing parts and all this other stuff. But really, I was on like, you know, I was on tour. I was going to like England to like do shop visits at like local retailers and things like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that part is definitely overlooked a lot. And, you know, I think that, you know, people could probably have a lot better experience if they're not as focused on those kinds of things. You know, it's it's tough, like early on. And, you know, you can definitely, you know, feel like you're getting ahead when you're like traveling and doing all these things that like people around you aren't at your age, which, you know, it is totally awesome. But, you know, very quickly, by the time you're 18, you're 20, you know, people are getting real jobs, they're making just as much, if not more, and you're still in the same place, right? So then you have about five years of trying to make it work. Can I get, you know, into something that's going to allow me to make my own money, not from the parts manufacturers? Is it something that, you know, I can find a job in the industry and make a little bit more? Is is it time to move on? You know, and I think a, a lot of the riders just end up moving on and don't really have, you know, in the back of their mind, how they can, you know, pick up or apply skills, um beyond the riding you know yeah in the early years no yeah that's huge i know a lot of not a ton but like people within scootering that like start sponsored and then start working for them i know like ian mcdonald does a lot of back-end shit for triad and that's his job it's like yeah he's a yeah. sponsored rider but then he fucking does like warranty claims or something um but yeah just finding little ways within a company where you can make money and still scooter and be involved so it is cool definitely look yeah, at all the aspects it's, it's just a huge yeah. opportunity i think Angles. for growth like as a person too because there's like so many different ways that like the things that i've learned in scooters over the years apply to all these other businesses that i work with now so like as a scooter rider you're picking up tons of like media skills you know like how to speak to people how to market yourself how to you know uh create content from an actual like editing and you know how to film with the camera when you're out there all that stuff is super valuable in like so many different ways. But like, I think a lot of, you know, the guys that I've known over the years, you know, they just kind of like let all that go at the end because they don't have something else to put it into right away. You know, that just goes on the back burner and then they'll just go work it, you know, wherever I'm like, well, you have a ton of like valuable skills. If you just, you know, found some part of that that you enjoyed and maybe wanted to run with, then, you know, there'd probably be, you know, a ton of ways to apply that, that, you know, maybe don't force you to go like, do some job that you don't like and yeah. for me that was like part of it too it's like i don't want to go work in an office so i'm going to figure out how to not do that <laughs> and that's 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 what i focused on right how, how do these businesses work who run these things you know what actually goes into it and like for scooter riders specifically like you know what actually influences what creates travel budgets you know what is it that creates good experience for you know the customers and things like that like just like having you know, some face-to-face -face interactions with some of that, I think is, you know, helpful to, you know, know how you can help, know how, you know, the struggles and, you know, the successes of the business that you're a part of, all of those sort of things. And, you know, oh, can yeah. definitely make for a better company and also like save a lot of, you know, heartache and pain, like when times aren't good, it's like, oh, you know, these companies really don't make like, 
you know, a ton of money. We might have a lot of sales, but margins aren't great. You know, they're giving a ton of product away. They're, you know, it it just ends up like not being like, you know, this cash cow, like you'll hear sales sometimes like, oh, this company sells millions of dollars of product, but it's like, yeah, what is their margin after, you know, all the things that they do, right? Like, and something that was like eye-opening for me is like, just like looking at like different industries. Like if you look at like, just say like, I have a friend who does like BMX, right? Like he was like a pro rider back in the day, but now he does like more like YouTube videos and things like that. And he was like getting really popular for doing some electric bike videos. And he had a company from California or something like that. They're like, Hey, we'll give you $15,000 to fly out here and, you know, do a couple videos on this electric bike. It's like a week long. And he, he just came to me. He was like, Holy shit. You know, this company offered me what would be like a year's worth of travel budget for, you know, a BMX company. Like they wouldn't ever do anything like this. I'm like, yeah, it's because the business is different. The the cost of the product is different. The amount of education that the consumer needs, like think about like, say like a BMX bike or a scooter, that's like a freestyle product, right? Like they are something that is only interesting to a small audience. That audience has like 10,000 options to choose from. Not everything's compatible. For someone with an electric bike, there's a price tag that's like five times what we buy scooters for. And then mm. all they care about is how fast does it go? How long does it take to charge? And when can it get here? <laughs> you know, yeah. so you can see how, you know, there's a lot more margin in there. You don't have someone that's on the phone all the time, you know, oh, here's how you tighten that. Here's how you change that, you know, like they're, you know, from just a cost perspective and then also just like demographic size, you know, product volume, <laughs> price. Yeah margins like the whole deal the whole way through right so we're kind of in a business model that's hard to um you know i think you know have a whole lot of like upside in until you know you're reaching like big box stores and it's something that i hope to see more of in the industry over time is that some of these really official freestyle brands also offer entry-level scooters under the same name at you know a walmart or a kmart right so they can ride a tilt scooter from kmart that's just some you know entry level scooter and eventually you know graduate to the freestyle one like there isn't much of a connection there and a lot of the brands that are in the big box stores don't have you know like the rvm videos like i saw back in the day to get me interested oh shit there's people who do tricks on these things maybe i can too you know like that's what got a ton of people into it and we don't really have that you know connection that brings people from one side to the other um so maybe in the future that could be where part of the growth comes from and i think by doing that you have a larger pool of pro riders eventually and then you know sport matures get corporate sponsors and actually have some you know real positions available for people that are you know role models and athletes good hell yeah i mean fuck it makes sense yeah if if you uh wanted to get an e-bike and then you start to get into it and you're like wait there's IHC, HIC, SES. Oh, I got to pick out all the... Okay, actually, I'm chilling. I'm not going to ride an e-bike. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Like, getting something... I mean, yeah, people... Companies make all their money off completes. Not all their money, but, like, a good chunk. Like, the ones that make a lot of money in are cash cows. It's, yeah, the people yeah. That are just like, oh, I want a scooter. And then they just buy a scooter, and they don't have to go through that dichotomy of learning how to build a scooter and what's going to be compatible and it's a headache when you're first doing it so that's just going to turn them away yeah it's like whenever when i go to an ice cream shop and they got 24 flavors i can't fucking choose but if they got three it's like yeah dude i'll get cookies and cream 
I don't yeah, know, in but, five but the seconds. problem is like if you choose the wrong flavor, it doesn't even work. It's like it just like imagine there's like yeah. an auto just destruct. You can't it even just, eat like, it. <laughs> it, it. It yeah, it just disappears out of your hand. Like there's just auto destruct button, <laughs> right? Like you have picked the wrong flavor. You have fucked up royally. No ice cream for you, right? Yeah. And then that you know that results in service calls. Like I said, like you know that goes back to the internal cost of the brand of you know someone has to be on the phone to say, hey, I'm sorry you've had a terrible experience with my product because you know you don't know which parts go with which parts to have, you know, something that actually rides properly. So there's, you know, a lot that, you know, even I'm trying to do today to, you know, try and eliminate or at least reduce some of those frictions, you know, how can we better educate the consumer before they're ordering the wrong part that reduces costs that within the business and also, you know, probably result in more sales because people aren't like, damn, I'm not going to order because I don't know whether I need IHC or HIC or SES or any of these things. Right. And a lot of those people probably won't ever pick up the phone to call to ask someone. They'll go down to the store. They'll see, you know, Kmart, Walmart, whatever. Oh, that one rolls around. That works. You know, we're, we're good. Dude, I haven't thought about this in so long. And you're bringing back like garage trauma of me trying to build a scooter with my dad when I was 14. It's like, why the fuck don't the bars go on the clamp? <laughs> I bought yeah. these bars. I can't put them in this clamp. And then he's sitting there all pissed. Oh God. After all these years, I'm still not like the most like scooter techie. I would like make things work, but yeah, it's still not my favorite thing to do. Even, even as good as it's gotten over the years, it's pretty easy now, but you know, definitely a little bit of trauma there from just like trying to make things work that shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, you're welding stuff. So you're (laughs) much deeper into it. Um, well, shit, dude, to get away from like the business aspect a little bit, I do love it. But like, I want to hear about the, some of the stories. So the Strana land, did you talk oh, about yeah. that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so that, that was an invite from my BMX friend I was talking about earlier. He, uh, the, the bike company that he rode for at the time is hyper. The investor of Hyper was Jim DeChamp's uncle, right? And Jim DeChamp, he's like, you know, best friends with Travis, you know, hanging out there at the house all the time. So we got the invite out to Pastrana Land one time. And Mike's like, hey, if you want to come along, you can. You know, so we went there and rode for the day. And, you know, I was thrown down a little bit, but I was definitely not hitting the mega the first day that we were there. And, you know, Travis sees me doing some stuff. I'm like, you know, doing some flares. I'm doing like flare whip turndown, you know, some some pretty heavy stuff. And he's just like, hey you know, have you ever hit a mega ramp? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and he's like, well, if you want to come back tomorrow, ESPN's going to be here with some cameras. I was like, uh, okay. So obviously showed up the next day. There's terrible run up <laughs> to this thing. Um, ESPN's there. They're filming like, uh, I think it's like my backyard or something like that on ESPN. I forget what it was called, but it would just show off like different celebrities, cool backyards. And it was like, it's basically like MTV cribs, but just for backyards. Um, so they filmed that there at Travis's and, uh, yeah, they wanted to get a clip of me hitting the mega ramp. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I got to do a trick over it. I've never really hit anything like this before. And I was like, it's kind of far, so maybe I'll do a front flip. So, uh, <laughs> sure enough, go up to this big hill, you know, we're climbing up his like, you know, massive, you know, hill on his, like in his driveway there, he has like this, it's kind of like a footpath that goes the whole way down. So that's like where I have to ride on to get to the mega ramp. And there's like rollers in the middle of it too, which you obviously do not want to hit at a very high speed, which I just had to jump over entirely. Um, so I go as far back as I can. I'm running across like mulch and gravel in his driveway to like get speed at the start of this path, 
you know, huck it over these rollers on the way down and, you know, get speed wobbles a little bit before I go up the first time. And I just like, I tossed my scooter like almost as soon as I take off because I would have like, I would have shot off to the side somewhere. And then, you know, I ended up like landing somehow just far enough backwards on my stomach sliding backwards. So I did like a, I don't even know what to call it, like a misty did flip sort of thing. Yeah, you just barely. I, I, dude, oh, I would have died if Scott, I... Scott, 60 you feet. Not, <laughs> you would not be speaking with me today if I did not clear it. That was, uh, yeah, like, have you seen the gap there at Travis's place? Yes. Like, it's 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 death. There's, like, a 20-foot drop, and you're running it's into, like, a, if you come up short, you're running into a vert wall, like a 20-foot vert wall. So it's either, like, 20-foot vert wall or you're safe. Um yeah, and I was safe just barely the first time. Second time, I didn't get the speed wobbles, and it just it just fucking went. You know, I felt like I was floating forever. You know, the the resi is terrible on the landing because they're usually riding like motocross or you know BMX or something over it, and they have these like little like you know like there's some rollers in that too. Oh, so yeah. I almost got sent trying to go towards the quarter, but uh, yeah, that ended up working out. And yeah, front flip uh, went down in history. <laughs> And that was nope. before like R. Willie ever was part of like Nitro Circus. And they had actually like asked if I was like interested in, you know, being a part of it. But I was only like 14 or 15 then when I did that. You so. were 14 when you fronted that? Yeah, 14. or I was still in like, I was like early in high school. Yeah. Dog, I like so. just learned double whips. <laughs> I started early, dude. <laughs> and, and also when Travis asks you to do something, you kind of do it, dude. That's That's how yeah. things go there. You know, they're trying to get me to backflip the pit bike too. I definitely denied that one. I would have got messed up, but yeah, I, I opted for the fronty instead over the mega ramp. <laughs> oh my God. I would have taken the pit, the pit bike. bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Did you already like front flip pretty well before that then obviously like you not really um, i'm still not great at front flips i just like go really far so i was like that's the only way i'm making it over this and judging by how close i landed to the edge both times i definitely made the right choice that the front flip had to be the one because that's the only way i was getting enough distance i would always like the only way i would front flip like regular boxes is if they were like extra long like kind of hard to clear like normally if they're kind of hard to clear normally then it's the perfect distance for me to front flip Word. I was the adrenaline after that. Ridiculous. It felt like a dream, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, you have like Travis and like Jolene and all these people like, you know, cheering you on. I'm like, I watched these fucking people on TV, like as a kid, like, you know, I watched Travis do the first double backflip in the X games, you know, I'm like, I'm in this guy's backyard and he's clapping for me. Like, that's kind of surreal, you know, yeah. not to like fanboy yeah. out totally, but I was totally oh, fanboying out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's bro and it's you insane. did something to earn his respect i mean after they were probably all losing their shit seeing that yeah it, dude and i just want to make sure too he's like at the time right that's like before scooters were like allowed anywhere or allowed to do anything and they even there they just thought i was gonna die they thought it was gonna be funny right like that i would like maybe get hurt or like just make a crazy clip you know if i rode away it was gonna be it was either gonna be awesome or tragedy but you know they kind of went in thinking like you know there's no way he's gonna do this like and, you know, they would still talk crap on scooters at that time. But, you know, that was like, for me, it was like also proving to them like, hey, scootering, there's guys that are serious about this and they're, you know, we actually send it, you know, we're not yeah. some little kids at the skate park that get in the way, you know, I will send it over your face. <laughs> yeah. God, you were crazy, bro. That is insane. 15, I, I wish, man. 
Ah, oh, that's so sick. You paved the way. They were definitely preying on your downfall, and you <laughs> fucking showed fucking oh, yeah, dude. The and middle then, finger. And then after that, you know, our Willie got involved in the Nitro Circus, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" You know, like like it's like now part of the Nitro Circus, which is you know since then you know probably shown scootering to more people than you know any other you know promotion yeah. avenue for scooters. Ryan's you know? been the and, biggest asset to Nitro Circus out of anybody they've brought on. Like hands down. I yep. mean since since Travis was in his heyday anyway, you know, like yeah. Travis was definitely like, you know, the main attraction early on. But you know, as he's gotten older and they've brought more people on for sure, you know, our Willie's definitely So that's you know, who the got the torch changer. passed to him. Like I feel like yeah, Travis and, passed that dude, torch to Ryan. He's literally he's like I am so glad I wasn't old enough to like be on Nitro Circus at that time because like our Willie is literally the best possible like there's no way I could do half the shit that he does. So I'm like you know, these days, like at the time I was like a little salty. I'm like, damn, I'm not old enough. He's old enough, you know, and, or it like, it didn't happen for like a little while after that. But, you know, when they put him on, I was a little bit salty. Cause I was like, damn, why don't they hit me back up? They picked some other guy named Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> like, looking, looking back now, I'm like, there's no way, to, you know, I, I'm happy with all the things that have happened for me. And there's like no way that I would have ever lived up to half this stuff that, you know, he's done. He's a total legend. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about y'all both being Ryan's. Yeah, they they forgot my last name. It had to have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, things always work out in the end. You know, just have a little patience. That's one yeah, thing you're pretty I can, great, I can man. say to everyone. That's true, that's, man. That'd be funny if there was a conversation like, were you that Ryan who frontied the Mega? And he was like, yeah, can't. You don't remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're hired. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was definitely one of the probably one of the highlights for me. I can't That's think huge. of any other like crazy like world first. But yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Man, that wins. Woo. That's that's amazing. Um Well uh what else we got, man? I guess what uh what was your favorite like scooter trip you've been on? favorite scooter trip that's kind of tough there's a lot of good ones but uh i would have to say maybe to spain i really like spain it's sick same thing with andorra i went to andorra when i was in spain and went skiing and snowboarding there with a uh, pole if you know pole asenia he was like scooter photographer he doesn't you know do too much in the scene these days but you know we went out we would take some awesome photos there he had like crazy spots because it's you know it's barcelona and uh yeah, Spain is really cool. They have an awesome nightlife. So, you know, get to experience a little inside and outside of scooters. And, you know, that oh, was yeah. always a memorable trip for me. And that same trip, I did a 540 flare on the Barcelona wave. That was like 2013 Ooh. or 14. Huh. So, yeah. That's badass. Early. Yeah. <laughs> Am I, well, you think that's the first five flare on the seawall? Oh, it was. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, I was I was hyped on that. I was like, I want to be the first person to do this because like five flares was maybe like four or five people doing them when I at first learned them. I wasn't like great at them, but I was like, I'm gonna do this shit on something that n- nobody has like touched and done like a five flare on. So I was like, up oh, seawall, gotta be that because mm-hmm. I wanted like I wanted a five flare on street, and I couldn't think of a better spot than there. Was not as good of a spot when I got there, like to five flare, but we made it work anyway. <laughs> Hell yeah, money oh, man. I want to go to Barcelona so bad. Dude, one, one of the best cities in the world to ride, hands down. Like everything has curvature on it, so it's like it's built to shred. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what I've heard. 
the skate um, park. Dude, did you ever try 900 floors? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I didn't try them because uh, I don't think I could actually like pull that one around. Um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I see that like Jordan Clark now does like 900 flare bars, which is absolutely nuts. So yeah, big props to Jordan for that one. He's he's mental. He's got some serious uh, tricks that he does these days. I just thought because it was like first 900, he was doing five flares. It had to have been a thought. In the back of your head, like maybe. Uh, but... it was a thought. I've always like one trick that I didn't do that I've always wanted to was like a, and I got really close to it like a bunch of times, so I never landed it good. It was like a whip front feeble nine fakie, like off of kind of a tall ledge. So like a nine hundred on street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. But... Yeah. yeah. Just throwing the whip maybe. in. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> well, if you just do like a straight, like that's that's uh, yeah, it's not good enough. You got to do something in, like even if it's a bar or something, you know, go like link the that way combo think. up, make it official. Yeah, yeah. true. Well, a nine out, like a bar or whip in is like that's yeah. light work, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just it makes it harder to like set up if it's a quick ledge, but if yeah. you're gonna grind for a second, then I was just curious. I'm like, I wonder if he didn't do the whip in if he stuck the nine. No, I wish that would have been an awesome clip, but yeah, I still have like a ton of footage, like ready to go, like that I've never released, but I'm just like waiting on this banger and haven't been riding for a while. So the banger might be waiting for a little while longer, but someday I'll do some type of other nine variation to, to add to the video. But I have a bunch of clips like saved up as like sort of like my last, like proper, you know, video oh, yeah. save maybe like three you to five years of like your Magnus best. Opum. Uh, Pretty much, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's Hell I would yeah. say it's probably one of the best videos that I have, like in terms of like variation and you know heavy clips. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I'd say it's up there. I still have like other videos that I would say like you know maybe I was better at like riding Bert in this one. Like I don't have any Bert clips in this particular video, but like back in the day I would do like crazy five tricks like a couple feet out or something. So there's like definitely different eras that I had other skills, but you know, this video I think is probably the most like realistic to, you know, how my riding was during the last like three to five years of me, like really shredding hard. Oh, yeah, sweet. That's dope, honestly. I'm hyped to hear that. I yeah, man. It. I wanted to put together a video. I was like always like putting out videos all the time. So like by the time I got to like, you know, filming at spots and doing all that more often, I'm like, I really just like want to make a video that has like a little bit of everything, you know, not just like film for a trip or film for this or you know i gotta have a video out for you know every quarter or so for the sponsors or something like that it was just kind of like i want to put some really awesome footage together it's like more for myself you know just to have like an awesome video that you know sort of encapsulates a lot of the elements of my writing in one place yeah 100 percent. that's super cool something for me is always like just something to show my kids or like something to look back on when i'm old you know like yeah, I still look at videos and together. Stuff, like, all the time. I sit down at the end of the day. And I'm like, damn, we did that. Like, <laughs> even like things that Thing. I do like now. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'll just go like throw a flare, and then later on, I'm like, wow, I'm just like sitting at my desk all day. I'm written in months, and then I just go like flare, and then come back. It's like always kind of crazy. It's like you don't forget how to do that stuff. You think that you get old and like you can't, but you just can. It's still yeah. there. You know, it's just like the willingness to go out there and do it. How old Hell are you? Yeah. Now? 
uh 28 turning 29 here shortly so yep. on the threshold of uh official scootering old man <laughs> like i feel like once you hit 30 on the scooter it's like you're in like old man category now like veteran yeah. dude UFC yeah. fighters hit their prime at like 32 you can still be going up <laughs> make sure i'd love to see that on scooters but i don't know i have my doubts scootering is hard on the body dude it is and like the talent is just getting younger and younger yeah it's like if if you really protected yourself when you were first starting out and didn't take like a whole lot of damage on the way up and you like really train and like stretch before every session and like you know try to be like an athlete about it from sort of the start then i think you can make it last like you look at like bmx riders too like jamie bestway but like i think just the type of riding that you do as you get older maybe like transitions right the same way that you know John Reyes, he translated his skills all into the flatland. He used to be able to do like all kinds of crazy tricks, but now he just focuses more on the ones that are low impact. He had a crazy you double know. flare. Yeah, right into the coping. <laughs> 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 that, that was a crazy double flare, dude. I remember just looking at it like he's about to double flare that. And then it was like, no, he just wanted a half flare in that. Yeah, he was feeling himself in that moment, bro, to try and double flare that quarter. Back to I think it was like a comp run too, maybe or something. I don't remember. I have but... no idea, but that song that he liked must have came on or something. He just felt yeah, juice. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah double yeah. flare seems like it's gonna work right there. We got it. Right on the base drop, it's uh, coming. Fuck didn't yeah. even ball up. Yeah. <laughs> if I try I to think double people flare, forget that though. John fun. John used to be so fucking good at like so many different like kinds of riding. Like catalyst part. Super- yeah catalyst days like super technical he used to be able to do like all kinds of bride flip tricks he would do backflips and all sorts of stuff like i think for him like once he like hurt his knee bad we were at like the the rye airfield contest one time and he did a backflip over a hip and that's like when he hurt his knee and had to get like surgery and all that so after that i think he was just like yeah i ain't about them flips and like this big air stuff no more we're sticking to the technical side you know and i don't blame him for it you know rounded yeah like well, as a scooter rider, good luck getting insurance or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. I never had insurance. Everything was out of pocket. Like, I wasn't covered by my parents or anything either. So when I got hurt, it was on me, you know? So, you know, as you get older, those things are considerations. You know, you want to make sure that you're able to be taken care of, at least to, like, survive and, like, live in yeah. a way where you're not, like, crippled, you know? Like then, there's yeah. like a good chance of you actually like having long-term damage from some of this stuff. So, you know, I want to make sure that you can at least take care of that. So you're functional. <laughs> and for me, that was like the only goal I slowed down when I got like a ton of concussions, you know, I would just, I would send too hard, too much, too often. <laughs> and because of that, you know, my career was short, you know, some people are smarter about how they, you know, play that, but it was just like, I just always wanted to have fun. I had a list of things that I wanted to do before I was done. And I got most of that out of the way. And, you know, just had enough concussions where I was like, hey, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take it easy. You know, it's the last like concussion that I got, dude. It was a little while to come back from, you know, a little scrambled up in there. Yeah. So, All bonked yeah. up. Yeah. Dude, I... Head injuries and no joke. I, uh... <laughs> Wear a helmet, kids. <laughs> yeah. No, they really aren't. I got sent a meme today, actually. Kind of. It was it was like, instead of thinking I have a concussion, say this, I'm in my bonked up state. It's not I'm concussed. I'm all bonked up. Um, my <laughs> yeah, brain man. is bruised. I've got a brain bonk, TM. <laughs> uh, I'm in my concussion era. It's serving gonked gourd. 
getting my concussy schlonked silly style. So we're just <laughs> we're just quirky individuals now. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, man, adds character. That's what I like to exactly. say. Exactly, adds character. Um, dude, what was the uh, what was your favorite company that you rode for? Uh, I don't know. That's kind of tough. I would I probably have to say like Envy back in the day. You know, like okay. when they were in their prime, like when they first started out, and you know, maybe like AOS V two type era. You know, that was like an awesome time to be on the team. Everyone was traveling. We had solid products that weren't breaking all the time for once. You know, all of that was like parts were finally yeah. starting to get. I like, remember reliable. when those decks came out. That was Dude. the talk of my little small town. It was the Neo Crown <laughs> and the silver decks. Oh yeah. The Ryan yeah, and the Jesse and the the Jake. Dude, those were we had a stacked, stacked ass team at that time. And you know, there was good things happening in the industry, you know, like there was you know, everything was picking up with the community. There was more events. There was more travel for riders. You know, budgets were getting a bit better. You know, so it was a it was a pretty nice like time to you know be riding and stuff. So because of that, I'd probably have to say NB. But I also did really like when I rode for Eagle Sport, and I would just get a fatty package of wheels in the mail. I'm like, oh yes, <laughs> you know. And I would just go for all my old ones away to the kids at the skate park. Like after I was like done riding them. Like, I know I'd, oh, I'd yeah. ride them for a good bit. Like, I got my use out of them, but I would always toss them to, you know, local homies that are, like, riding on metal, on their metal cores, or just had plastic cores that just broke on them all the time. Yeah. Hometown hero. Yeah, it's the key. Try to get back, man. There's so many good kids that have come from Newport over the years, like, you know, Tommy, John, you know, Wyatt. You know, there's just a lot of kids that have come from that skate park over the years and guys that I grew up with. And there's like that same thing is happening now for like kids that are riding there at Newport all the time still. And yeah, there'll be the next generation, but for some reason that, you know, crazy ass park somehow, you know, breeds like riders that just can throw it, you know, send stuff yeah. on just about anything. It's like easy mode anytime they go anywhere else. Cause it's, you're riding on this crazy rough parking lot. That's like, partially downhill partially tilted to the side so you get on something level you're like oh i got this yeah they make yeah. ramps like this it's great yeah <laughs> man it's crazy how local scenes breed riders i mean how certain parks and like communities because it's like i feel like all the best riders come from like these little select parks um and it's fucking it's cool like i know matt like right now there's i wanted mask there's lynch like a bunch of kids ride that park you got like riley maltrice and then nils crawford both sides street and uh park yeah i feel like if the community is everything so you probably definitely helped with that just keeping the culture alive at the skate park yeah me and all the other guys there's plenty to you know go around when i was yeah. sort of like coming up there and you know there's guys that were younger than me that sort of just like took over once i headed out west and you know, there's still guys there, you know, Michael Pytel's always been a strong force with ECX local, but yeah, I think it's important for, you know, communities to be communities, you know, not just live online all the time because, you know, you can actually like get some awesome friend groups and like, you know, riders together to, you know, eventually do great things. And, you know, the wider community, you know, leave the local skate yeah. park someday and, you know, make an impact somewhere else where that stuff doesn't exist yet, you know, and from early on, like through ECX and, through its old owner than Michael Pytel these days. But back in the day, it was ran by a guy, Mike Lashbrook. And, 
you know, he would always make it a point for us to like take like a weekend trip and stuff like with like a trailer. We had like vitamin water as a sponsor back in the day because he had a skate shop and sold vitamin water. So they would hook us up with like, free oh, drinks, yeah. you know, so it felt yep. official when we would go to skate parks and just do like a little demos and stuff for people that, you know, never heard of scooters before. We just set up some music and, you know, ride with people and you know things like that i don't think you know happen as often these days when people are like oh i could just post clips online or you know companies are just getting you know footage sent to them it's a lot more effort to like go out there and do that stuff but you know it's definitely like high impact in the way that like kids will forget that clip next week that was really popular but they're not going to forget like riding with some like pro rider at their local park if they've never experienced it before yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely fucking internet it's great and it sucks at the same time it's a love-hate relationship man because it's done great things and opened up so many opportunities for people it's just like you know i think we've reached like the pendulum it's swung as far as it's going to the one way and Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of swinging back a bit where people are going to probably push to do more local um events and you know do more things offline again Um, yeah so yeah i sort of hope that we move towards like just like a bit more balance you know, use all the online tools for the things they're great for, but, you know, try and do what you can when it's not like too costly to have like, you know, some sort of like physical events or like get togethers, things like that. They don't have to be super formal. Like back in the day, it was just like, someone's got a barbecue grill and, you know, yeah, I got some charcoal and yeah. someone's got some burgers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's make a flyer. It's a ride day guys. Barbecue. Yeah. Everybody gets burgers. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be nothing crazy, but you know, there were some good, like, you know, shops and parents and people in the sport back in the day when it was a lot smaller. I think you would see that sort of thing a lot more because, you know, there wasn't as much on the line either, right? Like people weren't relying on like the industry as like a full-time job, but now it's grown to the size where it kind of requires people to work in full-time jobs in the industry. So they can't just like, you know, be pulled away from that to do other things unless it's actually like, you know, moving things forward in some measurable way. You know, so it's just like less likely, I think, for those things to happen unless like, you know, the local smaller, you know, shops and brands are, you know, doing that at sort of the grassroots level. Yeah. But I see more of that happening. So that's always good. Yeah. I definitely think you said it right. Like the pendulum is swinging back and I definitely hope we can just get a good balance of obviously taking advantage of the online opportunities, but also giving back and like putting on some dope Saturdays for the community and the homies and whoever else that wants to pull up and just have those memories and those experiences to look back on as well, instead of seeing a clip and it just fade, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. Stuff. Like, days, making friends, yeah. you know, just having fun, teaching someone else how to do a trick that they've been trying for a while. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's all kinds of good things that come from that. Yeah. And, you know, it's cool for the kids that want to compete and be like the top riders, you know, I was there, you know, but even when I was doing that, like, I think I enjoyed, you know, just like the the gatherings and stuff like that more so than, you know, the contest, like, I like the contest, because I got to see all the people, you know, that's an excuse for the company to send me somewhere. But, you know, had companies been interested in just sending people to get togethers, I would have gone to those, you know, just as yeah. much, if not more, yeah. you know, if that was yeah. the option. But yeah, that's not yeah. really how things work. <laughs> Social aspect is my favorite part for sure. Yeah, yeah that's man. probably the only reason I still scooter. Maybe not the only reason, but it's the reason why I live in Texas and why we started this whole thing. So I just you meet yeah, some man. people you like. 
Um, still love the community. Friends, like, I don't ride all the time, but theory. you know, I'll still go scoot with friends or if like riders are in town, let's go, you know, cruise, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I'm still, I'm still about it. I don't have to be like, you know, posting clips all the time to be like cool enough to ride with everyone. I think people think that that's how it goes. Like when you're like, you know, done, you know, it's like, Oh, I've hung up the towel and I can't like be a part of that or ever do that. It's like, yeah. you just go, you know, live your life and ride when you want, you know, it's like, now you just don't have an obligation or a pressure to do all that stuff. That's and one thing that's sort of I've the way I never it. Like, understood. I enjoy it more now. I have never understood whenever I see a post on someone's Instagram, like, man, it's been a good run, guys. I'm done scootering. I, I quit. I just don't see anything left for this. It's like people make those posts and it's like, bro, you can go live your life, get a job, <laughs> yeah. do other things. <laughs> and then just ride when you get the yeah, opportunity. Yeah. You don't have to like publicly announce that you're no longer going to be scootering and re- like quote unquote That's retire. It's like an attention seeker. It is, shit, man. It's and it's, like... it's it's partially that, but it's like partially like their internal projection of the world, right? Because they're thinking in their head, you know, and probably have had this dream of like, I'm going to do this, this, and this through this, you know, scootering thing, right? I'm going to be able to make a living full time and whatever. So like when they like announce like, yeah, hey, I'm leaving. And they're not like trying to like stick around just to have fun or just be a part of the community or whatever. You know, it's because they had expectations as to, you know, what it was going to provide to them on the other end of it. Right. You know, so I think a lot of times it's just them like putting their their dream to bed you know like this isn't gonna happen yeah. you know I'm, yeah. I'm walking away from this you know i didn't you know maybe i accomplished a lot of the things that i wanted to but it didn't really end up where i thought so you know i'm taking a step back guys you know but it's kind yeah. of a post for themselves at the same time too it is it's a sympathy like oh we'll miss <laughs> you bro but yeah, uh, yeah. it's just <laughs> Yeah, man. I feel like if you're in scootering for some, obviously have dreams and you should chase them, but you should get into scootering for the people that you're going to meet, good times and memories, and just to like do something fun where you can learn and progress, learn like it's not about anything bigger. You shouldn't get into it because you think you're going to be some star or you're going to get like flown around and be treated like a king at scootering. Treat it like expectations. No expectations. Yeah, and I think that's like, like, and if you want to be sponsored and do all those things, definitely pursue it and pursue it strongly, right? Like the only reason I got to do like some of those things is because I was that annoying little kid. I'd like, you know, I'd find the team manager's email or something somehow. I'm like, hey, you know, I really need some parts. I'm broke over here. I got some awesome videos. I'll send you these videos. Can I be sponsored? You know, I would do that all the time or, you know, like that's how my foot got in the door places. And, you know, I think it's fine to do that, but you know, to expect things from it, I think is sort of the, you know, where people go wrong, you know, to, yeah, you know, think about what it's going to be when you get all those things or, you know, when you're able to do that. Like for me, it was always like a vehicle. Like I did it because I wanted to, you know, ride more and, you know, do cool things and whatever. I wasn't like, I can't wait to do these things so I can go on these trips and whatever. It wasn't ever about like what it ended up being. It was always about just like, I'm having fun with my friends. We're filming things. And then eventually you know, the seriousness of it sort of caught up with me where I'm like, hey, I'm working all the time and making a decent living. And now you're asking me to like post stuff on my Instagram, like every single day with like copy and paste quotes and things like that. I was like, uh, you know, I came here to be a writer, not like a mouthpiece. Although I understand like the, you know, the, the need to sell things and the need to be, you know, effective and direct marketing and all that. But it's just, 
you know, for me as a rider, that wasn't why I ever got into it. So once all of that started coming along and things got bigger, I was just like, you know, I'll just work on the business side of it. So I don't have this yeah. you know, sort of muddy water of like work and play, you know, because yeah. I think, I think too, like something that is sort of a pet peeve of mine is like when these companies call themselves like, you know, it's this family or that family, you know, it's like, no, your family doesn't leave you when some guy with more followers comes along next week, you know, your family doesn't, you know, yeah. cut uh-huh. you out when the budget gets a little low, you know, that's, that's setting up some really bad expectations and feelings for, you know, kids that can't really, I think, distinguish at that age yet, you know, you know, it's something that we all experience and you're like, wow, you know, it just happens that fast. It's just business. It's like, we're family last week. You know, like, yeah. I think it should be very clear uh, that you're your here. Your brother one-ups particular... your trick and then you get the sound. Yeah, yeah. Low yeah. social scores and shit. Dude, <laughs> out of the family, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You gotta be posted on at least two two different places yeah, every man. month. Uh, yeah, times. and I think, like, like if, if riders want to call each other family, that's fine. But, like, for, like, companies and teams to, like, make that, like, the team atmosphere, I think is, like, disingenuous right because it, it gives yeah. riders this idea of like we're all just here loving and having fun together and it's such a warm fuzzy feeling blah 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 you know and you know we're so cool no one else can you know we're on the team together you know it becomes a clicky thing and you know at the end of it then you know people end up with really hurt feelings or they're like yo like that was messed up you know like why did why did this this and this happen it's like well there was the relationship and the engagement you were in the whole time. They just dressed it up with like, you know, your family, you know, you're so great, da, 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 you know, and then next week when the numbers aren't so hot or they find out like, Hey, we spent way too much or over invested in this kind of deck. All of a sudden they're like, Hey, you need to do more, da, 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 you know, like, and the brands aren't like mature enough to have like the size and growth and forecasting and all of that, I think to effectively manage, you, you know, some of those hard changes in, yeah. you know, sort of the, the volume that's happening in the sales uh, for the industry. And I think that'll come with time, but, you know, for me, I think that that's something that could be improved. You know, our yeah. events could be better. Sounds you know, like a lot of these time. scooter companies need to start working yeah. on their profit margins. The boys Bastards. need to start crunching their numbers. I don't even think it's just like, yeah, it's just, I feel like a lot of scooter companies, they don't seem to be savvy on the business. Well, I, here, here's what I think, right? Like, I think the business side, like, the, it's always been weird for me, right? Because, like, riders have their, you know, sort of, like, general gripes about, you know, the business guys. They make so much money. They don't give nothing to the riders. They could afford this 10 times over. Look at the sales. Da-da, you know, like, that's the rider spiel. Then you have, like, the companies are, like, they don't understand how any of the business stuff works. They're not in office all day, you know, and that's where a lot of it stops, right? I've always been the guy that I'm like sort of sitting on the middle of the fence. I'm like, there's a lot of opportunities on both sides here. And, you know, I think that a lot of times too, like a lot of the companies have owners and, you know, people involved in the business that are so passionate about it. They're not able to objectively just see it like a business because there's like people that they care about involved and they try to make it like a family when, you know, that's how they go off track a lot, right? Because it's it's a family, it's a, you know, it's a brand, we got to look cool, it's a fun thing, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, wait, what about sales? What about sales? You know, we're, we're sinking, you know? Yeah. So that's like sort of where that comes from, I think. So yeah, just like ownership and people involved with the businesses taking it and looking at it like a real business instead of just like, you know, we're having fun and doing all these things. That's like, yeah, we can do those things, but we need to do the business stuff well so those things can happen. 
right? Like that's why I've gotten more into the business stuff over the years. Cause I know that is what's going to allow for, you know, more travel, more budgets, you know, more communication and, you know, collaboration between brands to make bigger things happen that, you know, don't normally come from a single brand or, you know, a local shop or whatever, right? Something that requires larger resources for the community to come together. Yeah. No, fucking love it, man. You're very, you, you understand how the game works and it's like, I feel like a lot of people don't. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know everything, but yeah, I, if you're, if you're buying a product. Around, or, I've had a lot of great experiences yeah, and a lot of bad experiences. And if I can say one thing, if someone comes in hot and heavy, really excited about how they're going to make you a superstar, it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Or they have yeah. great ideas about how this brand is going to, you know, just really take off. The faster they come in, the faster they go down. It's like any of those parabolas you see on, you know, a chart somewhere, you know, the faster it goes up, the faster it comes down. So the best relationships are built slowly over time. Be patient. You know, there's going to be a lot of days where it seems like shit is not working right. You know, why am I doing this? I'm in the wrong place. That's how you know you're probably in the right place, right? Yeah. If you're questioning it, but you still are somehow showing up. It comes right? down and, to expectations at the end of the day. It's like, I work in yeah. sales as well. And like, that's the biggest thing is like, you never want to overpromise anything. Cause it's like, even yes. if you do a good job and you overpromise, you're still doing less than what you promised. It's like, it's what it's way better low expectations and over deliver. Like never yes. set stupid high expectations, do a good job, but they're still not whatever the fuck you told them they were going to be. It's, yeah, it but never just looks... from like a sponsorship perspective for the kids though too, you know, like people that are just like getting some of their first sponsors, you know, how to like recognize who's going to actually like, you know, treat you well, ask good questions about like what, you know, their team is like, you know, what do you do to help us, you know, grow our, you know, profile online or what do you do to help, you know, the team travel or do we have like monthly team calls? Like, do we ever communicate? Like, is there regularity to any of those things? Because like, what I found is like, the more relaxed, like a company is like, you know, you know, it feels great and all, but eventually you run into problems. Right. So for me, like if I were like younger starting out, I'd try to find a team that has some type of, you know, structure in place. Like, Hey, we get on a team call once a month, you know, maybe we have a couple like asks or expectations, but you know, we're helping you achieve those. We're not just like, you know, sending in, you know, the, the homework. Right. It's like showing up, having your homework sent into class and not showing up to class. It's like the class is kind of important too. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, hey, Austin, you think it's a good time to transfer into Phil's? I think it's a good time to transfer into Phil's. All right, Phil's yeah, we, got a, 10. we got a segment Shout here on. Phil. Shout yeah. out Phil for these questions. Shout out Phil. Shout out <laughs> Phil. The dude. <laughs> that dude. The man, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, thank you, uh, Phil. Phil's top 10. Number one, starting off at the top, if you want to let him know, Austin. Uh, who is the Michael Jordan of scootering to you? Uh, Jesse Macaluso or Tyler Bonner, one oh, of the two. shit. Okay. Couple fucking goats, for sure. Um, I wish Tyler Bonner still rode on. Not to say that they're actually the best of exactly. all time, but they were the best to all, yeah. of all time for me like yeah. when I was coming up. Yeah, it's all subjective, you know, like obviously MJ is not or like someone could say he's not or they could say he is the best. So let's go to like apples and apples. For, I would probably say you know. I would probably say Jordan Clark as the like the actual Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan was like, you know, top competitor, you know, got a lot of rings, the whole deal, mm -hmm. you know, so I would say probably like Jordan Clark and like a realistic sense. But for me, you know, T-Bone yeah. and Jesse Mack back in the yeah. day. Fuck yeah. Tyler Bonner was my favorite, honestly, uh, growing up, 100%. Yeah, 
Yeah, those and, end up videos just like steezing out Stan, Kerry Mossbrucker, Corey Mossbrucker, you know, Jesse Aikida too. I liked oh, him dude, a lot. Jeff, he was the goat. Jesse was, he's still the goat. I love Jesse. No one, no one can mess with his peg tricks even after all these years. You know, he was hitting uh, like fourteen rails. I would, I would, I would not toothpick fourteen <laughs> rails though. That was something yeah. that only Jesse would do. He would do tooth hangers dude. down, like down rails that are like fourteen plus. Like I was like, dude. That's yeah. all you. You can, yeah. you can do those. I'll be yeah. filming over here. Tooth predators <laughs> too. I feel like you would do like a tooth over tooth, right? Yeah, dude. He, he was on some nutty shit. I want to go watch some of his videos again, honestly. Yeah, classics but, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So number two, we got um, worst trend. What do you think the worst trend is? Uh, scootering. I don't know. Shit talking, clickiness. <laughs> Oh, come on, man. Drama. Drama. Drama's the worst trend. <laughs> that's a constant, though. That's, yeah. that's everywhere all the time. You know, that's something that I enjoy not being a part of anymore. You know, it's it's nice to just, like, enjoy things from a distance. Like, you know, it's like being the parent that's, like, sitting in the crowd on the stands. You don't hear mm-hmm. all the shit talking that's happening on the course or, like, you know, yeah. people getting into things. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's nice. The kids are riding. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's solid. Um, number three, we got the most underrated rider to look for if you got one. I know you said you haven't been in the scene much, but maybe a local homie or something if you've seen him around. I don't know. Um, that's kind of a tough one because, yeah, I there are some local guys that are on the come up. Um that's a get toughie, a sh- though. They'll get a I, shout out on the 10 4 Instagram. Yeah. Whoever you want to put on. They might get like um, two, three I, followers from this. So if they might choose wisely. Trevor, Trevor Smith, I think he's like really solid if he sticks with it. Dude, he's sick. Trevor is so sick. I was at yeah, Woodward when he was there. Them. He came to the Austin Jam as well. Trevor's really good. Really? Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's got red. Some- Redhead, right? Kind of red ski. Curly, curly hair. Curly red hair. Yeah, reds yep. for ECX. Yeah, so. yeah, Trevor was at the gym. Yeah, Trevor rips, and I think he's young still too, so he has a lot of time, and he's like already mm-hmm. like you know he's sending some pretty big tricks, and you know he's really good really at vert. I uh, when I was really at Woodward, I saw him yeah. do like a front five forty air on uh, the the big yeah. vert they got out there. It's good. Yeah, he kind of, he kind of reminds me of like the way I rode like when I was younger. Like I did all of the park and transition stuff. I think if he sticks with it, he'll eventually you know round out with all the other, you know, ledges, rails, you know, street stuff, sending some gaps. But yeah, he's just got tricks and consistency, some good style. Hell yeah, yeah. I uh, he was at the gym, and I remember Trevor. If you're watching this, I did not say hi, and I remember we rode at Woodward, and I felt bad about that. <laughs> so, Trevor, you're sick. Um. Number four is, did you learn tail whips or bar spins first? Uh, Tail whips, definitely. I was rough on the bar spins early on. And I feel like bar spins are still hard with, like, the the old razors. It's just, like, way too light and way too small. You're, like, oh, yeah. trying to, like, rotate yeah. your hands around themselves. So it was always more of a, a throw bar where I'd actually have to, like, hold it halfway to, like, grab the other one. There was no tossing or handoff. Yeah, <laughs> the scooter no would just, like, disappear. It was so light. <laughs> Yeah, something I always thought. I'm like, there's no way these guys could do like a triple bar like on this fucking razor handoff. It's, Some people it's are really so good hard at to them. do one. I have yeah, a, that's a where... tip. 
for anybody with very light bars, this is a hack I've figured out because I had tie bars for a little bit, but you can get steel tape at a golf store because like people use steel tape to weigh down their golf clubs. And if you put them on the end of your bars, they throw like steel if it's aluminum or titanium. So for me, the razors were just like, what, like six or eight inches wide. That is part of it. It was just like, it was so weird. It wasn't really that it was too light for me. It was just like so hard to actually get the a good dialed motion. I mean, if in. they are like fourteen wide, then yeah, that, that makes sense. The I didn't. I wasn't foldables. The pro model age. Like that's what I mean, I'm talking about. Age. Not like a pro model or an A model. Like yeah, just fold- the razor foldables. I think they come stock as like thirteen inches across. Is like the <laughs> the size. Oh man! I know, I know that because the first one piece bars I ever ordered were 18 high by 13 wide. So that tells you how long ago. That's back when people <laughs> love to ride their scooters like hunched over, and that was a normal thing. So my first one pieces were like <laughs> miniature, and I paid an arm and a leg for them. They were like 110 dollars, and they came shipped from Estonia. Uh, Mattis Cuck with Wee Scooters back in the day. Never even heard of that. 13. But that's shout crazy. out! Crazy. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I now, waited two months in the mail for them things. Damn, it's got it easy. You just walk into the shop, pick that stuff up, or you get like two day shipping or something. Two months, remember that. <laughs> they don't Next know how good they have it. Slow in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like we've already talked about this a lot, but the next question um, is a suggestion to further the sport. Um, event organizers and things like that. There's a lot of gaps to fulfill. So I would just say like riders that are, you know, either looking for something beyond the riding to do or people that are just on the come up over time, just think about the things that you want to, you know, fill gaps in, right. And develop a skill in that area and try and fulfill it, you know, and at the very least you'll learn a bunch of stuff, you know, even if it doesn't work out, like I've tried all kinds of things that have like failed, started and stopped, you know, all kinds of like you know, little clothing brands or, you know, I did sunglasses at one point, but in every single one of those experiences, I learned stuff that I'm not going to do for other businesses that I work with. Right. And I learned how things work and, you know, got my hands dirty enough to, you know, get an idea of what those things are. So, you know, event organizers, you know, if you want to start training yourselves out there, that would be fantastic. Cause you know, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, I think ways that can be done. Right. Cause you'll have like, I know there's new, like, uh, like world roller sports is starting to come on the scene now. They made like a post the other day that everyone was hyped on since all the drama with the other event series and the world championships and all that. But, you know, just like people that aren't, um, you know, I, I feel like both on the business side and on like the event side, there isn't people that are like used to be riders, but aren't like, you know, loyal to a particular brand. People that just love scooters that don't have like any affiliation and just want to make great things happen. You know, I think that that is definitely what's going to help our sport move into the future. And other than that, it's just time. Be patient. Things aren't going to happen over time. You know, it's ebbs, it flows. You know, there's there's good times, there's slow times. And, you know, you just try and, you know, put some stuff back during the good times, which scooter brands aren't that great at up to this point. But it's also because we, you know, operate in a market, you know, that changes so much. Boom and bus cycles all the time, you know, in terms of, you know, once a company's yeah. finally getting some traction and some, you know, momentum behind them and stuff, then all of a sudden, you know, the economy just goes sideways for a bit and people are like, oh, you know, I can't afford any parts. And then teams slim down and they got to like start from scratch again. Right. 
Like that's happened a lot of times. So, you know, be understanding of those things, you know, try to understand why they're happening and how you can help during those times. You know, I know it's tough to like hear like, Hey, like sometimes it comes in the form of pressure, you know, from like sponsors or from the industry, like, Hey, you got to help out. Things are going bad right now, whatever. Um, I know it sucks to hear that, especially probably when you're looking forward to what's next and not like scaling back, but you know, uh, the, the brands and the people that are involved with these companies, they need that help during that time. And if you actually make it through with them, then usually, you know, you're going to have a great place and, you know, doing whatever it is that you've been helping them out with, you know, they're going to remember that later on, you know, and they're going to know that you love doing it. Even when times suck, you know, if you're ready to jump ship, as soon as like something changes, then, you know, you'll do that until the end of the time when, you know, you're not interested in being a rider anymore, you know? But yeah. I think relationships are key and you can learn a lot more by, you know, being patient and sitting still for a while. Yeah. Too true, man. Fuck yeah. Patience well is such a virtue. That's something I keep learning myself is like, just shut up and <laughs> keep working and do whatever and just wait on it for sure. Yeah. So I, I was impatient as a kid. I just, I just wanted things to happen. So I'd like pursue them like, you know, full force and like I would get things done and everything, but you know, they're, there's a lot that I picked up. I like, I kind of had that mindset through some of it, but you know, I didn't really realize it until like afterwards, I didn't make it like an intentional practice. I just kind of like did it. And then I like realized I was doing that. Like maybe when I was like, I started doing it as soon as I started traveling, but I didn't really pick up on it and try and make it like a habit to do that until it was like in my early twenties, you know, yeah. I'm like, wow, like these are things that you know I should be writing this down somewhere because there's so much happening all the time, especially if you are at like, you know, top level pro rider, you know, you're seeing all kinds of new people all the time. You're talking to hundreds and thousands of people online, you know, things come and go very quickly. So, you know, those, those little nuggets of information you get that can help you in the future or an experience that changes your mind about, you know, how you think about something or, you know, relate to people like that stuff's way bigger and will last well into your future, even beyond you know, right. riding. Oh, um, all right. Well, uh, Austin, what did Phil put down for number six? Uh, I think it is, what is your favorite video? Like favorite scooter oh. video? Either that you've watched or filmed. It's got to see this. The Jesse Mack video that has like the FCP remix from Paul Troy in there. Uh, I think it's Jesse Mack mini video. Let me search it. Yeah, go for it. Jesse Mack Lisa. Yeah, this video was a heavy hitter back in the day. This is the one that made me think like, whoa, you know, like yeah. scooters, scooters are pretty cool and this guy is the best. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. think if I've even seen that one, but he's, <laughs> he was one of those dudes for sure. I think Matt yeah, well, put like, me on to him or someone. I was like, oh yeah, this guy rips. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure the... Pretty late. Yeah, the first flare, TIC David... Wow, this is so long ago, dude. 16 years. MySpace Minivid 2, I think this is the one. Just got its driver's license. Sorry, no, that's not the one. <laughs> All I got to hear is the, the first little like intro clip. Oh, yeah, 360 quad whip spine. That's another crazy clip from him 17 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, he's had some he's had some pretty crazy videos, but the the one mini video that he has where the FCP remix is in it, um, and a lot of his older videos they still blow my mind because people don't backflip like coping to coping spines that are like eight foot tall still to this day. 
you know, he was like doing like flip triple whips over, you know, <laughs> what is essentially a vert spine that on like A models and pro models. Yeah. And People don't do that on like dialed ass scooters today. Like I have no idea how, yeah, any of that actually I'm not, happened. I'm not flipping a spine. That's ridiculous. No. Definitely an eight foot one, maybe a four foot. No. Eight Something foot, I can I'm gap good. the flap, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'll end flat. I'm not trying to fucking nosedive on a spine at all. Oh, I think this is the one. Oh, I know which one it is. Jesse Macaluso, Mini Video 3. It's on Matt Dibble's channel 17 years ago. There it is. Are we talking um, Vimeo or YouTube? Oh, it's a YouTube video. Word. Yeah, yeah, extra proper. Can I share my screen? I'll show you what the like the caption looks like. Uh, yeah, yeah. share yeah. it. Should we'll be able uh, to, we'll throw sure. it up on that TV too, yeah. up top in the post. Oh hell share yeah, screen. yeah! Make your little timestamp, Paxton. I will. <laughs> uh, can you enable gonna me be to a, share real quick? A new addition, a new level up to the podcast is going to be at least Minecraft parkour on the screen. I'm not sure. There's going to be something to keep them engaged, but um, yeah, it's... that Jesse Mac video is proper. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, it'll I'll throw it up either way. It'll it'll be playing in the background. Um but hell yeah, the next one is um if you could go on a trip anywhere for scootering, uh where would you go and who would you bring? You can bring three people. Oh man. <laughs> playing favorites out here. Uh let's see. Uh where would I go? That's tough because I'm not sure whether I go back to somewhere that I already know that I really like or somewhere else, but I feel like I've got to travel to like a lot of the places that I want to. And I definitely want to travel to Russia these days. I haven't been there, but I don't think that's a good move at the moment. <laughs> um, it's just so, fairyland though. Yeah. I, it's I, maybe somewhere in South America, maybe like Brazil, like Rio, like, I think that would be like really cool. I yeah. Um, and I'd probably bring a lot of the guys from like the old MV team. It'd probably be like Vince, uh, Jesse, and I don't know, maybe I, I'd probably bring like Dan, Dan Barrett, because he's always been, you know, homiest yeah. of the homie. Or I'd bring Coop. I don't know. It's tough. It's hard, hard to narrow it to three <laughs> people. I know where we'd go. It's just like homies would have yeah. to be buying their own plane tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is hypothetical. This is yeah. everything, all expenses all paid, paid for. for. Yeah. That pipe no dream. wars going on, no nothing. It's yeah. it's just clear skies. Good oh yeah, vibes. Rio. I I probably go to Rio. Rio seems pretty sick. Okay. I've never been to like South America at all, and it seems like there's a lot of hills there. So I imagine spots are probably just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Good scenery either way. Yeah, B roll will be uh impeccable. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Some two cans. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, yeah, next one, number eight, Austin. You can read it off. Uh, who's your favorite person to party with? To party with? Oh, that's tough. I don't know, maybe <laughs> Jason Jason Beggs, Jesse Aikida, <laughs> T-Bone. They're oh, always yeah. my fa favorite friends to party with. Um, yeah, me and Jesse. I would probably say Jesse. <laughs> me and Jesse had some pretty <laughs> pretty wild times. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Dope. Yeah, man. Him and Jason Beggs. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, next one, number nine. Uh, what's your favorite moment in scootering? Another heavy hitter. but Favorite moment? Um, 
I don't know, like the going to like maybe the for me or like for, like for scootering, like my favorite moment within yeah. scootering or like my favorite thing that I've seen happen in like all of scootering. Did both. Start yeah, out with never yours. really specified. <laughs> yeah, you could go either way if you have one for both. Like, I think everybody would be down to hear it for sure. Either yeah, way, like, it's like, it, yeah, because like for me, like, I think that the coolest thing to see like within scootering and like see happen for scootering is just like being accepted into like different places. So like when Woodward first became like a thing, right? Because like growing up playing Dave Mir BMX, you know, religiously and knowing the soundtracks and everything and, you know, going there in person and knowing that scooters could ride there, you know, that was always like a huge goal, you know, for a, a lot of us that started out before any of that was, you know, there. So being a part of that and helping that happen. Um, and then the first world event, you know, that was pretty official back in the day. I was like, you know, damn, this is like, you know, someday this will be in the Olympics. And now that's like actually like legitimate talks and stuff. So, you know, some of those milestones are really cool. Yeah. Um, and then for myself, um, favorite moment, uh, it's definitely the front flip. Like it's hard to, hard to beat uh, the front flip uh, moment yeah. with, with Travis. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. super surreal. That and meeting like T-Bone. I really enjoyed meeting T-Bone back in the day. You know, awesome. he's still, still a homie, but yeah, I, I wanted to XW4 to like, add like a small story to it. I went to XW4 with like Logan Fuller. I wasn't old enough to drive and we would like switch spots driving for a while on the way up to xw because we i lived on in delaware like the east coast he lived in like central pa he drove all the way to delaware and then we went all the way to buffalo new york we were like really young at the time he had just like gotten his license and yeah it was just you know a crazy road trip arrive at matt dibble's house at like three in the morning everyone's already passed out there's beer cans everywhere they're still playing beer pong when we get in there but wow. half of the people are like already done and then i stay up and i play beer pong with i think it was like john reyes and t-bone for like the rest of the night and then you know we're trying to fall asleep as the sun's coming up and yeah we ended up you know shredding the next day but we'd like barely slept at all t-bone won best trick or no i won best trick <laughs> t-bone got first in the contest i got fourth you know so like even though we were all like partying hard, I got to meet homies and everyone just absolutely ripped it the next day. Yeah. So it was just, you know, awesome intro to like being one of the first like legit contests with real pros that I've watched before. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. That sounds dope. That's, That's awesome. awesome. I wish I could play beer pong with T-Bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. But um, yeah, I think the last uh, number 10 is who influenced you as a rider? Um, What's it like? locally bmx riders did a lot like i had a lot of bmx tricks because i would just like ride with you know pro and like mid-level bmxers all the time so i'd do I a lot see of tricks, big transition yeah and you know i've always had a love for that stuff i've always been more of like a bmx rider more than like a skater type of scooter rider you know like mm -hmm. more on like the big air tricks and flying around with style than the technicals i only got more into you know the technical stuff later on but yeah bmx riders the the northwest guys the way that like it, like just seeing the way that they like aired and gapped on things i was just like god i need to like i need to learn how to do that it just looked like so much fun and yeah that was sort of the the early inspirations there jesse macaluso on the east coast you had tyler bonner you know all the guys like you know dan back in the day because he rode totally different like i just enjoyed a little bit of everything so there's some guys I looked at like, damn, I want to do that. And there's other guys I looked at like, damn, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like I don't have the ambition damn. to, but yeah. it's really cool to see that, you know? Yeah. 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 
can respect anything. Yeah, you just look at it and know it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, real recognize real for sure. Um, yeah. So you said earlier you started on a, a skateboard. I'm surprised. Like, did you ever like actually have a bike or like BMX yourself? Or was uh, it kind of like just when you started scootering, that's when you were kind of like, oh, I want to be more like a a bike or I'm on this scooter and there really wasn't many scooter riders to look at or like what's kind of the correlation there? Yeah, I just uh, happened to be riding a skateboard when I first was introduced to scooters. So like I, I wasn't really like into skateboards that much. Like I would go ride like after, you know, school every day. There's like a local skate shop that had a mini ramp in it. It was like two foot tall, but, you know, just enough to go back and do some stalls and some fun stuff on there. But yeah, uh, yeah I wasn't too heavily into that. And then, you know, the scootering came along and I rode like BMX back in the day as like racing. Like I used to be uh, yeah. like oh, a like ABA yeah. and MBL, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd do like bike races. I would, I was pretty good. Like I won some of like the nationals and like the, like the red line cup was like a big thing in ABA. So yeah. I won a couple of those different things when I was younger. And then, you know, uh, my parents had to get jobs. So I couldn't travel to do that stuff anymore. So that's when I got into skating and eventually scooters. And from there, I just like, I never liked staying on the ground. So I naturally yeah. gravitated towards the BMX tricks. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm floating. You know, I just yeah. want to fly through the air and do some big tricks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That's dope. Did you ever, like, do any transition, like, trying to air the skateboard, or it was kind of just, like, sticking to the stalls and stuff? I was a mini ramp champ, man, dude. I, yeah. I, I just, yeah. just back and forth. We're stalling. I can yeah. do some, like, like still today, I could probably, like, a kickflip into a little tail slide and drop in, you know, I'd do some blunt fakies and yeah. things. Like, I've actually, like, their amateur skate contest at Newport one year, I won that. So I was like, hey, you know, like just yeah, on like the mini sick. ramp side of things. But when it came to transition, that was that was only the scooters. You you put something that's like a bowl or anything curved around me as far as uh, skateboards go. I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm stacking. <laughs> I feel that same. I yeah. can't carve, but I can ride a, a half pipe for sure. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, dog. That's where mini the fun's at. That yeah. flat ground. Yeah. Anything other than that I to know. me is just like total danger zone. Even flat yeah. ground is like. Yeah, pretty flat dangerous rail. for me on skateboards these days. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a flat ledge, but yep, yeah, um, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, that's all of our questions. I'm fucking stoked on what we talked about. Do you have anything yeah. else like you're uh, yeah, you'd like to share awesome. or some knowledge? Um, have fun, you know, have fun, dummy. That's hey, the, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> You know, there's things you can learn and pick up along the way, but don't stress either side of it too much. You know, like on on the business side, those things will come in time. Don't rush that and don't, you know, do anything other than just try and have fun, meet people, be nice to people and you'll get where you want to go. You know, the world wants to help you succeed, you know, just, you know, put what you put out is what you're going to get back. You know, even if it doesn't happen instantly, you know, that circles back to our earlier mantra of patience <laughs> you know a yeah. little bit of patience it, if you work hard and know what you want you will get there right and the things mm-hmm. you need to pick up along the way is uh filters and feedback you know what do people tell you all the time about yourself what do you know people like or not like about you you know how do you work on those things you know uh and filters you know how do you make better decisions about things you know when certain things come up you know what patterns you know have you experienced in your past that'll help you make a better decision now and if you can do just those, you know, sort of like four things, you know, know what you want, work hard at it, you know, 
filter, you know, your ideas or decisions as they're coming in and, you know, get feedback from other people around you, you know, you'll, you get where you want to be, you know, you'll have a happy life and, you know, you have awesome people around you to join you for the ride. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm spoken like a champ, honestly. Um, well, dude, <laughs> Thanks, thank man. you so much for coming on. We appreciate you. Yeah. Fucking yeah. This sick. is awesome. Yeah. Likewise, uh, boys, appreciate something. the service you're doing for the industry, you know, just getting some, uh, you know, thoughts Brian. from different people, showing <laughs> off the personalities yeah. and, you know, hopefully bringing the community together a little bit more, you know, so we can actually yeah. talk about things and something other than, you know, I like memes, I like comments, but, you know, yeah. it's sometimes a bit more effective to, you know, talk things out and, you know, well, hear yeah. ideas in their depth. So appreciate you, boys. Yeah. Trying also, to even break just... these. Sorry, just trying to break no, these good. little runs out of the short form content. Yeah, and just let them t- like hear about history and how scootering used to be because it's not really documented. So we really like enjoy uh, enjoy talking to the the people who have been around and the people who were before Instagram and all that shit, especially sponsored and just like how that's changed drastically from then to now, and it's. Yeah, it's definitely just something we're interested to put out there. So we're hyped to uh to do it and when especially when people come on. So Oh yeah. Appreciate well, it, yeah. Man. well that's awesome to hear. Dude, yeah, episode I can't wait something. to see more of these things too. I you actually gotta to look back. Them. I saw you did one with Hunter recently. I haven't uh watched that yet. I gotta have a listen. <laughs> he was Dude, funny. He, yeah, his was he's sick, also honestly. one of my favorite yeah, guys to yeah. party with. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh bro, yeah. with the stories he told us, I can imagine. But, yeah, yeah, I wish I could have yeah. seen him in his heyday for sure. My recommendation some... is listen on Spotify because that's where the audio is good. The one on YouTube is a little. It's yeah. we had some technical difficulties, but Spotify is coming through, Chris. Yeah, all good, worth yeah. the effort. We're we're yeah. just now dialing it in. Yeah, for sure. Still, I dude, I don't even. I still got a background. Both of y'all got your shit cropped, and I just I'm a square right now, so it's a work in progress. Shout out the oh, garage man. door. <laughs> it's always a work in progress, man. It ain't finished till we're done, you know, till you hang up the talent things. That's the way I look yeah. at it. And same thing with True. business, right? Everyone, everyone puts like goalposts everywhere. So I'm going to add one more little nugget there. It's like, there is no finish. And if your goals have a finish to them, they're bad goals, you know, because there are things that when you're done, you can look around and say, what's next. Right. And there's, you know, I, I, I just think that like trying to, find something you're passionate about, you know, what is it that, you know, excites me to like get up and do stuff and, you know, in the morning. And then, you know, if you just focus on that stuff, the other, you know, all the other details sort of like work themselves out and yeah, yeah just focus on Absolutely. what you love and the rest will come. <laughs> Amen. Well, yeah. If you made it this far, 10, four. Uh, yeah. 10-4. Shout out. Thank you. Over and out. <laughs> yeah.